Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. Hey there, Giants fans. Welcome to another episode of Giants Talk. I am Cole Kuyper here with Giants insider Alex Pavlovich. Today, I, I guess we're going to spend a lot of time talking about one game, which is kind of weird for spring training, but the Giants took on and defeated the uh, the, the Stars. Yeah, the world champs, the stars of the United States of America. Pretty exciting. Uh, plus, Alex sat down with Michael Conforto. So stay in for that. Listen, get to know the new giant. But let's talk some Team USA. I thought this was pretty funny, Alex. I know we've gone on and on that that spring training game outcomes don't matter. They're, they're just there to get some reps, get some practice. But this one mattered, right? This was indicative that the Giants are going to be fantastic this year. Yeah, they're the best team in the world. They beat a best loaded team, team in USA. the world. Not just beat them, allowed four hits to, you know, about as good of a lineup as you'll ever see. Um, it was, look, spring training games don't matter, but I do think what does matter is how guys look. And seeing Discofani and Sean Manaya, who are going to have big roles on this team, and then Scott Alexander, John Brebia come out of the bullpen, also going to have important spots in that bullpen. Like, all those guys pitch really well against the best lineup they'll see all year. So does it mean the Giants are going to make the playoffs? Who knows? No, it doesn't mean anything. But it it does – it is like, you know, when you see DiSclefani coming off of the year he just had and to have a good spring debut and then come out and, and uh, pitch pretty well against that lineup and hit 95 again, you kind of go, all right, maybe there's – you know, maybe this is the guy from two years ago who was – the borderline all-star in the first half. So that's good. The rest of it I thought was just was just fun. I mean, it was a you know, the baseball doesn't really have like the same star power, I don't think, as other sports necessarily. And it was interesting. Oh, but this is as close as you're gonna get. Yeah, it, it was interesting though, because all the media was gathered and Team USA, their bus comes and they come through the center field gate. And I was standing there with some of the other Giants beat writers and we were like, we do this for a living and we don't really recognize like 90% of the guys who just walked in here. And, you know, it's a lot of relievers and like Tampa Bay race right-handers and things like that. But there is an element of baseball where they just don't, you know, guys wear hats and they um, aren't as visible. And I, you and I have talked about this. They don't do a great job of promoting themselves. So aside from, you know, even Paul Goldschmidt, when he's not wearing his hat, he looks like a 45 year old dad. So it's like hard to hard to really recognize them. And you don't see a whole lot of them outside of the baseball field. Um, so it, it was like a little reminder of like, yeah, these guys need to do a much better job of or the sport in general needs to do a much better job of, of promoting these guys. So they're more recognizable. And even when they have their hats and jerseys on, like unless there's a name on it, a lot of times you just you can't tell even with us who do this for a living. But there was a couple of guys. I mean, Mike Trout and Mookie Betts and, and then Ken Griffey Jr. where you're like, Oh damn, that's you know that's Mike Trout taking BP and Mookie Betts is right behind him, so it was cool. There was you know a lot of Giants minor leaguers watching. Um, Gabe Kapler was was by the cage. Brandon Crawford was by the cage. His family, his kids got everybody's autograph. Like they have, yeah, the they were the stars of, of the show. <laughs> yeah, Braxton Crawford's out there recruiting everybody. It, it was a it was a fun day, um, and it worked out well for the Giants. I mean, you you touched on the pitching earlier, but I cannot say enough how 
just in awe how proud I am that the Giants went up against that that murderer's row, essentially. And really the only hits they gave up, the four hits, were just by classic Giants killers. Mookie Betts, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Schwarber. Those are those are guys who you're expecting to hit one or two home runs against the Giants in every appearance. And all they got was a little dinky hit and no it was great. Yeah, it was, I guess there was one run, but yeah. There was the Goldschmidt Homer, which is Yeah, Goldschmidt Homer, which, you know, scheduled. Yeah. It wasn't it was funny watching him take BP because you're like, you know, you know the big guys. And then Kyle Tucker, like one of the most interesting BP sessions I've seen. Like just you can see how he hits hits so many home runs, just has an incredible way of, of getting the ball in the air. Like his swing is built to hit fly balls. And um he's really, really good. And he he's not even close to being like the fifth best player on this team. So yeah, it, it was a good lineup and, and to navigate those guys, um, you know, nice feather in the cap for for everyone who pitched last night. And then for everybody else, it was just a cool day. I mean, some Giants minor leaguers got in as team USA backups. Um, yeah, let's talk about that Evan Gates moment because he had some fun quotes after the game. Basically, he just looked around all of a sudden and he went from being a Giants minor leaguer to a Giants minor leaguer playing on the Monstars out of nowhere. Yeah, a reminder that this is spring training, um, you know, so they it was still an exhibition. Uh, so the Giants did loan them seven minor leaguers and like not their top prospects, like other guys who were it's more of a reward for those guys. Um, and they, you know, had their Giants pants on and Team USA jerseys with no names on the yeah. back. And I think five of them got into the game uh, Four four position players just filling in as pinch runners, defensive guys. Uh, Evan Gates came in with two outs in the third because they're, you know, want the next reliever to start with a fresh inning. So um, it was funny. You could see, too, when he when he took the mound. I, I talked to him afterwards and uh, I was like, why was everybody laughing when you were warming up? And he's like, oh, I, you know, I I walked up and I said, hey, guys, like the unlock character is in the game now. So he just <laughs> he had a good time with it. He, uh, you know, those guys get to keep their Team USA hats, had to give the jerseys back. But yeah. Uh, kind of a, a moment that they'll never forget. And, you know, the odds are pretty good at some point. We'll see one of those guys. Like, Evan had like a 1.95 ERA last year in the minors. His older is 25 is, is a minor leaguer. But odds are good we'll see one of those guys in the big leagues at some point as a giant. And and uh, so to get to do this was was at the very least a very cool moment for all of them. Yeah, we, we made the joke many times, very sports, how like Steph Curry is essentially like a creative player in a video game. But this was an, an exact video game moment, the just on the, the roster of players that should not be together in the first place is some no name on the mound. This was there truly, it is. Yeah, I mean, you, I tweeted out the photo and you can see Nolan Arenado like laughing as he's warming up. So <laughs> he, he did a nice job of, uh, you know, you, you reach the mound and Goldschmidt, Arenado, Trey Turner. Jeff McNeil and JT Real Muto are waiting for you. Like he did a nice job of, of breaking the ice. Um, and he, he the, said I, he gave up a bloop and, and he turns to Trey Turner and he's like, well, that's a terrible way to get into the game. So just had a great time with it. Um, really, really fun to talk to him after the game. Go to the opposite of breaking the ice. Well, uh, Discofani made himself an enemy of the United States of America by plunking Mount Tr Mike Trout in Trout's first spring training at that, I believe. Um, but it was pretty funny seeing him apologize right there. Yeah, and Trout's, I think they're playing the Angels today. So that that's a big been, game. 
that would have been the worst possible timing to you know do anything a- ahead of the WBC when Trout's going to be the leader of this team and their best player. Um, and then, although I would say Mookie's, you know, Mookie's unbelievable. Watching him, he was there two hours before everybody else taking grounders at short and second. And he's going to play some second base this season. And I legitimately think he could play shortstop in the big leagues after watching him take grounders. And you just go, oh, yeah, this guy's the best right fielder in the game as well. So, and just casually could play shortstop. So, but yeah, it, it, taking Trout out a day before he played a, played the Angels and, you know, three days before the start of the WBC would not have been great. Yeah, I, I we don't talk enough for the record about how uh, disastrous that Mookie Betts Red Sox trade has been for everyone in yes. Major League Baseball. Just just in a absurd maneuver. 2020 just happened and kind of erased that and we had bigger fish to fry, but wow. Yeah, it was, you know, between him and Juan Soto sitting in the press box and there were a lot of guys where you're just like, uh, well, you know, they weren't going to get trout, but some of these other guys have been out there at times. That if, if you were in the right spot and had the right, right farm system or, or, uh, you know, were willing to go at a certain length with your trade offer. Like some of these guys could have been giants or could still be giants at some point. Yeah. Would be. Yeah, nice. Well, I, I'd be curious to talk to Dave Fleming sitting next to uh, Juan Soto through the glass See if he did any minor recruiting there from the broadcast booth. Yeah, I, you know, Juan Soto seems to show up everywhere. He's shown up at a college baseball game. So huh. he's, we'll do Otani talk this offseason, but Soto's the year after. Stack them, stack them both down back line. to back. Uh, a couple of other highlights from the game. Uh, Mitch Hanniger had a great sliding catch in the fourth. I hope we get to see a lot of flashy defensive plays from him. And then David VR with a big home run broke out of a bit of a spring training slump and smashed one in the sixth. And that was great. Yeah, horrible sw- spring for David so far. And I, I think we've even said here like, he'd have to have a horrible spring to not be the opening day third baseman. He and used he, those exact words. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. We were chatting about him in the clubhouse before the game with, with some of the other writers. And we were like, he kind of is having the kind of spring where you go, Oh, why did you name him the opening day starter before spring training could even started pretty much um, when you're challenging some other guys like Joey Bart, but he had a good game and uh, you see the power and you can see like, if he plays every day, he's going to hit 25 homers. So yeah, it's, it's, he's just going to run into a bunch of them. Um, so I, I think for him, you know, they weren't concerned about what they'd seen the last couple of weeks, but better to do that than not. Uh, and then Mitch Hanniger, it really does seem like they're maybe shifting their thinking a little bit here and, and we'll see Hanniger and left and Conforto on right once the season starts. So Conforto is doing really well health-wise and he should make his, his uh, first outfield appearance in you know like 17 18 months today so um that seems to be a little bit of a change and a reminder that he's going to be a much better left fielder than what the giants threw out there last year right all right well wrapping up the wbc giants game i'm trying to think there's anything else really it got me interested in actually following the wbc a little more than i would have otherwise i don't know if that's intentional on behalf of major league baseball I, I know WBC is far more popular in other countries than the United States, but I think my viewing angle is now when I watch these games, I can be like, well, Giants are better than than any of these teams. 
<laughs> whoever <laughs> yeah unless team usa like flames out in the first round and then you're like oh yeah maybe <laughs> maybe great britain's better than the giants but um they'll always have this i you know i'm starting to starting to get there a little bit with the tournament like watching some of the wow. games and seen a lot of chadwick trump on tv the last couple of days so your boy yeah so it'll be um i think you know you you hope that the best look everybody loves an upset but in a tournament like this like you hope we get a united states dominican republic just showdown where you're looking at the two lineups being like this is a joke so yeah yeah i, I will say though watching some of the highlights from like team italy mashing home runs on team cuba in the way they were losing their minds I wouldn't have a problem with rooting for one of the not traditional baseball countries to run away with this. Yeah, I mean, I'm all in on the Czech Republic, like team of firefighters <laughs> and, and uh, librarians. But um, other than that, it, yeah. it was there is kind of like an even, you know, covered this game for over a decade. And you walk into the clubhouse and see that lineup and you just kind of go, oh, my God. Yeah, like, that's all those guys. So. And it'll be the same when we see a couple of the other lineups in this tournament. So um, it, it'd be fun. And I think it'd be good for the sport if we got, you know, a showdown between two of these teams, maybe in the final. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be exciting to watch. I take back what I've said in the past about not being able to get into the WBC. I'm in for this year. Um, that game got me moving. One other thing I think worth touching on today, unrelated to the World Baseball Classic, is Joe Panic's back. Joe Panic's back. He is. How about that? He's, you know, I, I got back to Arizona yesterday and I walk into Scottsdale Stadium and um, one of the ushers here, the first thing he said is, have you seen Joe Panic? And I was like, is, is he here today? He's like, no, I just heard it over at Papago Park. Is it the minor league facility? So like, yeah, a lot of people were asking about him. He is back with them as a special advisor. Um, I got to say, I never really thought of Joe as a coach per se just yeah like is a big league coach i guess or a um you know i thought he would kind of quietly just go be a dad which i'm sure he will 90 percent of the year uh and maybe coach high school or something like that and um but he is back with the giants he's you know same role that dave rigetti and ryan ryan vogel song is a little bit different he's been a roving instructor but they've brought a lot of these guys back and and i am happy to see joe for a number of reasons one of which is i do think at times they've tried to you know, push away from the 10, 12, 14 mm-hmm. teams and, you know, not not have those guys around as often. And we haven't seen them this spring. Um, so the fact that they were, you know, they recognize that Joe can bring some value. And and I, I think he will bring a lot of value to minor leaguers. I mean, he, he was a very smart player, a very heads up player, a, a very calm player um, and somebody who should be able to help a lot of young giants and it's cool. I mean, you go over to Papago now and it's Joe panic and Hunter Pence and Travis Ichikawa and Dan runs and it's good to see nothing against like the 27 year olds who, who uh, coach college for two years and then, you know, become the next, next big thing. Like it's, it's still nice to see those, those former players. It's still nice when Barry Bond shows up. So I'm happy for Joe and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him one of these days and we'll get him on here. Me- We will. And you and I talked about this, gosh, I guess less than a year ago, right? He retired in officially in May, I believe. It was like during the season last year. Yeah, during the season. So we talked about this on the podcast, but when people think back to the the good giants of the the World Series years, I feel like Joe Panic gets kind of slept on. 
I mean, he was an all-star, a gold glover, and a world champion. Played in more than 600 games in the Giants uniform, including the postseason. That's just a gamer right there. And I think, you know, I, I think about that year he was he was at the All-Star game next to Brandon Crawford in that, that National League jersey. And I'm so happy that he's back. Yeah, it was a, you know, good career with the Giants, obviously instrumental in them, them winning a title. Um, yeah. I think he's one of those guys like he's he's similar to me to Matt Duffy and that there's a generation of Giants fans that's gonna for the rest of their lives remember these guys and yes. and be excited when they see the name and, and be excited if Joe's at the ballpark so I think it's good he's still involved with them I you know I, I I hope he's involved in a way that he's around at times like it'd be great to see him in San Francisco a couple times a year absolutely uh, we'll see where this goes and and uh, I'm gonna go out there to, to their mind week facility and try to track down all these former Giants at some point and see how long they actually want to do this, but he's one of my favorites. I mean, legitimately one of the nicest guys that's come through there and, you know, shot him a text yesterday and he was excited. He's like, yeah, we got a good crew over here. Like he's laughing about, about how many former giants are, are over there. So good to have him back. To have him back. Now you used a phrase just now uh, about how there's, fans giants fans who will just forever remember these guys um and i'm going to take a cue from that you want to remember a few guys before we move on to michael conforto well we will go around the league but i it was interesting when joe is there and then i look behind the cage at some point hunter pence is over here at scottsdale stadium yesterday javi lopez is doing the broadcast he's in the booth forgetty's the bullpen coach for uh for team usa there were a lot of 2014 San Francisco Giants around and all you know, right some guys who were on those other teams as well and then you Brandon Crawford still the starting shorts up so yeah it was a little bit of a I looked behind the cage at some point and your dad's talking to Javi and and Hunter Pence and yeah like, okay good like I do think they've tried I think they've tried whether it's on purpose or whether it's just more subtle to to distance themselves a little bit from those championship teams at times and I don't think they should. So it's good to see those guys back. Yeah, no, it, it's funny to say that because, you know, the Giants are obviously the the champions of of milking that kind of thing, doing the reunions, doing the bobbleheads, doing yeah. the uh, the player comes back, watch, sits next to the dugout in those seats, tips his cap in the fourth inning or whatever. But you're right. As far as personnel and and stuff like this, they kind of have tried to do a fresh start. I mean, the organization clearly from top down coaches all the way through has given itself a fresh start. So I get why they're doing it, but it's still very cool seeing this many 2014 guys in the building together. Yeah. You can have both. And I, I think, yeah, you know, and what's the point of having who, a cake if you don't get to eat it? Come on. Exactly. And for the fans who were gathered there, I mean, everybody was trying to get Ken Griffey Jr.'s photo, but other than that, like there's a lot of people screaming for Javi and Hunter Pence. So mm-hmm. it's a, uh, they, it still matters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So beyond 2014, you want to remember, I think you and I talked about running down a division at a time because there's a lot of teams in Florida we're not going to get to play this year. Yeah. I mean, or any year ever. So <laughs> <laughs> not going to, not going to Gainesville or, or wherever spring training is. Um, in honor of Mike Trout being here, we thought we'd do the AOS today. It's a little limited. Uh, you know, there's some other guys you could probably pick out, but the three that stood out to me when I went through the spring training media guide, forever giant, Kevin Padlow, 
big member of, of last year's team. Yeah. Um, also a forever Seattle Mariner. And DFA'd, I believe, for Austin Wins, who ended up becoming a great addition to the team. I'm going to be honest. They make so many moves that I, I lose track. So if you say he was, then then he was. Uh, and then the Texas Rangers, we know Boach is over there. Um, yes. We know Donnie Eckers over there. We know some of the big names over there. But Dom Leone is over there and Zach Littell as well. So Zach Littell still have the beard? I haven't seen him, but I assume so. Okay. So um, yeah, those two guys. Zach Littell's an interesting one because there's there's one specific thing you remember <laughs> about you Zach Littell. <laughs> Didn't end his Giants relationship in a, uh, a fantastically positive way. Um, looking back on that, it's like it's like chuckle worthy, you know, disrespectful to the to the teacher, to the manager. Um, but in the moment, it was like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah, it is funny to look back. You go like, oh, he that was it. They're like, you're out of here. We're, yeah. And and it was funny because they're like, no, no, he's it's just a coincidence that he's going back to triple A. Right. No, nope. <laughs> we'll see him again this year. Nope. Never saw him again. He's a Texas Ranger now. Yeah. Um, Annexed. Yeah, so he's but him and Dom both at times had some moments in that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Leon, especially. I mean, he closed out the 2021 season. He, yeah. He the, the final pitch he got a was it a Joey Bart hug that he got? I think second no, best type hug. of hug you yeah, can get. It was still a buster hug. So oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, 2021. 2021. Yeah. So he he that might have been the last buster hug, I think. I don't know if that counts as like one of the actual trophy worthy buster hugs. Really was not very memorable because I didn't even remember it happening. <laughs> but um Leon especially had some really nice moments as a giant. And then he he also, you know, got DFA'd last September and just kind of disappeared. So yeah. he has re- yeah. resurfaced there. Um and the only other person really worth talking about in the AL West. Oh, I think it's worth pointing out there was a spell there where Giants A's had a lot of overlap in in personnel. Um, they yeah. were they were swapping back and forth. There were all kinds of notable Giants wearing the green and gold, and that's just not the case right now. No, and, and you know all the A's are like twenty three years old. But yeah, I um, guess that's the point. These are also non roster invitees that I'm I'm mostly pointing out because these are the really <laughs> random random guys. One more, Harleen Garcia is with Pittsburgh now, and he's hurt. So. Oh. Saw that. So another okay. member of that bullpen. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, the, the other one I was going to say is on the Angels. It's not a past giant, but a future giant. Show it's him. clearly someone we could talk about. Like there Trout. we go. Well, both of them, sure. I, you know what? You talked about Trout on Team USA going to play Anaheim next. What's the point of Anaheim even doing a spring training, like having fans in the seats? Their <laughs> ticket sales can't be great if – the two guys they've built their franchise around are both doing the WBC. People are hyped to see Anthony Rendon over there. He's just—he's like that Will Smith meme from the Fresh Prince, just alone in the house. I'm going to do three, like three seconds on this because there's going to be a lot of show. Hey, talk. If my trout, Mike Trout ever becomes available, like if anything ever happens, if he ever just says, I'm tired of never making the playoffs here. Like he's, there's a different level of baseball stardom when he's at the ballpark. So yeah, I, that would be like, we would do emergency podcasts every like six hours. It would be funny to see how that would go down because I don't think he's capable of the Machiavellian Asking for planning, at, yeah. you know, or like the faking a video in San Francisco stuff that judge was doing. Um, that's just not a 
uh, weapon in his arsenal. No, and I, I think unfortunately he's, you know, even if Otani leaves, which he likely will, I, I think he's probably going to say all the right things and do all the right things and, and just hope they figure it out there at some point. But as long as Artie yeah. Marino is owning, owning that team and they're being run the way they are, like they're not really going anywhere. So it's kind of a bummer. Kapler, to watch I just Gabe Kapler is getting a little bit dragged on social media. You tweeted yeah, this kind of my for, fault. uh, yeah, you're, Gabe Kapler said, I think we're seeing the best player ever about Mike Trout. And you know what? That's, I guess, kind of a problem with how Major League Baseball's marketing their stars. Because I don't feel like I see enough Mike Trout or hear about enough Mike Trout for him to even be in this discussion of best player. I mean, well, they created yeah. the All-Star game for Willie Mays, right? It's so here's the thing. It he gave a full explanation. This was a reminder of like don't hop on Giants Twitter for three seconds because you oh you just can't. fired out a snippet and got him in hot water. Like, oh, Gabe Kapler excited to see Mike Trout today. Uh the full explanation was he said, Yes, there's other guys like Willie and Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth, guys like that. He thinks when all is said and done, if Trout stays healthy, that all the counting stats, the eye tests, everything is seen he's going to go down as the best player of all time. And he's the best player he's seen because he's only been alive since what the 1970s at some point. So, um, but he did say, he's, I think we're seeing the best player ever, which is, you know, it's similar to like, if you saw Michael Jordan in like year seven or eight and you're like, I think this is the best player ever. Yeah. He's, he doesn't have that title yet, but um, so I'll just say that. Cause I, I know some giants talk listeners. Like I saw him in my mentions being like, fire this man. Yeah. And, can I read a few things? Tweets no, from your mentions no, right now. They're brutal. Muted them. No. Okay. It's, uh, so, yeah, Ugh. don't. He fully understands that Willie Mays and Barry Bonds played for the Giants. But no, uh, nuance is not allowed, Alex. Not you know, up in here. Thing. Those same people who were like, like, and some people who I, I won't name them by names, but some people who I know, like, are not the Twitter crazies were losing their mind over this. Um, yeah, the fan base is is going feral. I think if Mike they're, they're very raw. Those people would be making goat shirts so fast and <laughs> changing their Twitter handles to Mike Trout, greatest of all time, come to San Francisco. So, yeah, yeah. harmless fun. Harmless fun. All right, let's hear from and about Michael Conforto. Anything we need to know going into this interview, Alex? Uh, me and Laura sat down with him a couple weeks ago, so he was he was still rehabbing. I he's doing really well. I mean, has a couple home runs this spring, and and I again I think is playing himself into being the right fielder, and that's a good sign for the Giants because if you know there was a point where you hope that he's a regular everyday left fielder, yeah, you hope he doesn't have to DH too often. So if if he can play his way into a point where he's their everyday right fielder, I I again like I've just watching him. I think he's going to be if healthy. And you knock on wood, that's a big if with Michael Conforto and some of the other Giants. If healthy, I think he's going to be the guy this year that Giants fans just kind of latch on to and go, hey, okay. this is our Jock Peterson now. This is our Carlos Rodon. This is our this is our star. We're, we're going to see Until some Conforto upside. jerseys at the yard. Yeah, one year. That's why I'm hoping he starts in left field so we can keep the uh, left field tradition going. Well, if Hanager starts in left, it'll do the same. So. Yeah, true. True. There's, there's very few ways for the, for them to avoid that. Yeah, avoid that. So keep it going, keep the streak alive. All right. Well, let's hear from Michael Conforto and Alex 
and the one and only Laura Britt. One of the newest faces to the Giants, Michael Conforto, joins us now. You spent your entire career as a Met, and now in December you signed with the Giants. You had a really rough 2022 season, undergoing shoulder surgery in April and having to miss the entire season last year. What was the toughest part of having to miss an entire baseball season? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, it's heartbreaking when you have to sit a season out. Um, hardest thing was just, you know, seeing everybody go out and, and do their thing, um, you know, having to sit on the sidelines and, and rehab from surgery. Uh, you lose that sense of community, you know, that you have with a team, with a whole organization, um, you know, all the way down to the parking attendants, the security, the, you know, the people who work around the facilities, and, and then obviously your teammates, your coaches. Um, you know, to not have that family around you is, is, is tough. Luckily, I have a, you know, I had just gotten married. Um, you know, I had my family supporting me. And um, so that made it a lot easier. You know, I, the, the silver lining was I got to sit at home with my two dogs and my wife and, and you know, just kind of enjoy being newlyweds and, and, uh, and just kind of get that time together. So we, we, we tried to extract every, every bit of positivity we could, uh, you know, throughout that, you know, that tough summer. But, you know, you miss the game, you miss the competitive, uh, you know, those competitive juices. And um, so it was tough, but you know what, I can't, I can't say it's all bad because I ended up here and, and so far it's been, uh, you know, one of the best decisions we've made. So now you're able to get back to it, back in it, back doing what you love. What is it about the, the Giants that's been good for you? And, and what are some of the differences between being with the Mets and joining the Giants? Yeah, well, I guess the obvious things are, you know, I'm back on the West Coast, which is where I grew up, um, Seattle guy. Uh, I actually live here in, in Arizona, um, in Scottsdale. So having spring training here was, was, uh, was a huge draw. Um, and then just everything that I've heard from, from people around the league, from players that I knew who've played here, um, just all the great things that they've said um, about the support staff, the, the training staff, the coaching staff, the philosophy surrounding uh, the San Francisco Giants is, is uh, you know, it's all very positive. So, um, you know, when the, when the Giants came calling, they definitely had my attention and, and, uh, and obviously, um, you know, we got a deal done that was, you know, uh, that was very, you know, very good for me. So. Um, I couldn't be happier to be here. Um, as far as the differences, you know, I, I'm going to have to play a few games to, you know, to kind of get a feel for that. But, um, you know, I love my time in New York as well. Um, everything, you know, I have, I couldn't say a bad word about about New York, and um, I'm thankful for for all the opportunities they gave me. You know, they've been after you for a couple years, not just yeah. this off season, but the off season before. They really liked you, and, and then you get into free agency again. You're healthier this time. And there's also kind of this weirdness because they're talking to your agent about Carlos Correa, and then at the same time that all of that is happening, you're talking to the Giants about coming here. What was just the whole experience like for you, and especially that little stretch where like the national perception is kind of like, oh, are their bridges burned? And in the meantime, Scott's trying to get you to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think, you know, case to case, things are, you know, it's much different. There's, it's two different scenarios. Um, you know, obviously, obviously it makes it a little bit from the outside, I can see where it, it looks, mm -hmm. you know, it looks odd because I'm coming off a of surgery. I missed a year. 
but the situation was completely different. It's a more of a short-term deal that they're talking about with me. And, um, you know, during that process, I mean, we were just starting to heat up with the Giants uh, when everything was kind of coming to an end with, with the Correa thing. And um, actually, uh, Dave Greshner, he showed up to watch me swing and throw and go through my workout the morning all the news broke about uh, Carlos Correa. So there was a kind of a yeah. weird like elephant in the room yeah. that no one really wanted to talk about. But, um, you know, he still came out. He came and saw me. Uh, you know, JV Vili came out and, and watched me hit. And, you know, I just I felt in the conversations I had with them very, very much a part of the family already. Um, you know, they were super positive um, and, uh, you know, just felt right from from that moment. So. Did did you know a year ago how much you know you were on their radar even before you ended up not playing? Yeah, well, I mean, I they sent over a video of me. Uh, uh, it was kind of one of the first communications we had with the team. Uh, they sent over a video of me in the Little League World Series, the College World Series, and then you know basically the message of the video was we want to be the ones to bring you back to the World Series and. That was a really cool thing for me to see. Uh, the production team did a great job with that, and so I had I had a bit of an idea um, that you know they had their eyes on me, and you know that that also played a part in where I ended up. Mm -hmm. And what about being back on the West Coast? You mentioned that I imagine that's probably pretty nice having family a lot closer by, and you know just more familiarity with the area. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well. Definitely proximity for family is, is huge. I mean, it's going to be a lot easier for them to, to make the trip down, you know, a couple hours. You know, hopefully maybe my grandparents can make their way down as well um, in spring training here as well. Um, they love coming down and watching us get ready for the season. Um, the weather, you know, you can't beat the West Coast in the summer. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just it's where I grew up. You know, so it's very much familiar, and, and uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to being back. Uh, kind of home base being on the West Coast will be really, really, really nice. A lot of talk this offseason has been about the rule changes with the bigger bases, the limiting of the defensive shift, and um, the pitch clock. What are you most excited or not excited about the new rules this season? Well, I mean, you know, we'll see. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. The uh, I got my first taste of of the pitch clock and you know I think of myself as a pretty much you know pretty quick guy as far as my routine I don't get far out of the box um, I take one breath before I step in and it felt it felt quick you know especially after a foul ball or you know a big swing um, you're off balance you get you know kind of get your legs back under you, you step in take your breath and you're looking at the clock and you know you're down to six you know seven six seconds when Technically, you're supposed to be in there with your eyes on the pitcher at eight seconds. Um, you know, so it, it's going to be quick. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to take some time to, you know, to to really get used to on both sides. Um, you know, pitchers definitely. You know, at the end of the game, relievers typically take a little bit more time. It's going to be really interesting. Um, the shift will be really interesting. Uh, the new bases. We'll see how much that comes into play and in, in the pickoffs. I mean. There's a lot of stuff we're going to have to work through in spring, um, but uh, you know we're pretty confident. We've been talking about it a lot. We're going to see what we can squeeze out of the new rules. Is the left-handed hitter? Are you like it's about time? I don't want to see yeah, three guys on the excited. right I can side. Tell you right now, um, you know, just just frees you up a little bit. Like 
you know, you don't have to feel like you, you got to force a ball the other way just because there's no one standing over there. And you can let it fly a little bit and, and just catch the top of the ball and, you know, hit a ball 105 and you think it's a hit. And, yeah. You know, there's a guy standing in the outfield. So uh, we're all very excited about it. We'll see how it comes into play. Um, you know, hopefully it means more, more offense in the game and, uh, you know, a little bit more interesting for the fans. You came up through the Mets system. Obviously, being in New York, there's a whole aspect of, you know, just that city and all that comes with it. With being on the West Coast, it seems like it's a little bit more chill. But what was it like under that kind of scrutiny all the time? Yeah, well, you, you kind of you, you grow an extra layer of skin uh, out there on the East Coast. You know, it's not you're not just getting booed on the road. You're getting booed at home if if, if the team's not playing well. So. Um, you, you know, also you, get cheered at home. You had oh yeah, some you emotional get, moments get, there. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I had plenty of cheers, and there's no no better place to win, um, you know, with with that kind of passion. But um, but you do have to deal with that. You know, you have to deal with uh, you know fans living and living and dying on every at bat, every game. Um, you know, makes a makes for an interesting, uh, you know, especially in baseball with with how much failure there is. You got to be able to deal with that, and you know, so it's just another one of those things that. I, you know, I feel very fortunate to have been able to go through that and experience that. Um, you know, and that's not to say that you know in San Fran they're not passionate. I know they are. You know, I've seen it. Um, you know, every time I've gone there, the, the games are raucous and and, and loud. And um, you know, so you know, in order to, to compare them, you know, I'm gonna have to play play a few yeah. games out there in San Fran, but. Um, but you know, I was I was very fortunate to, to be able to play in those in those uh, situations. So you grew up liking Barry Bonds a lot. I imagine a lot of people did. <laughs> Have you gotten the chance to meet him yet, or do you hope to be able to meet him and talk with him? Yeah, I'm re I'm really excited. Um, I met him actually in 2016, I think, when he was the hitting coach for the Marlins. Um, just a very brief handshake, but. Uh, I'm super excited to, you know, to pick his brain a little bit, have some conversations with him, and you know, just just rub shoulders with with uh, you know the best power hitter to ever live. So, um, your family, I was looking it up. Your mom was an Olympian in synchronized swimming. Your dad was a college football player. Your sister played college soccer, I think. So, it, you guys get together. In your mind, who's the best athlete of that group? I mean, it, I think it has to be my mom. Uh, to be honest with you, three-time Olympian. You know, three-time Olympian. You know, none of us can top that. Um, you know, the hardware she has is uh, is pretty incredible, um, and just like the sport that she did, you know, it's it's pretty incredible what they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's basically gymnastics in, in the pool, and you know, she's her training was insane. You know, having to learn how to hold your breath for you know, two, three minutes, um, and then all while treading water upside down. I mean, it's just incredible. So, you know, and my sister, you know, if she if she didn't have some knee injuries, she she could have been, uh, you know, she could have been uh, playing pro soccer. So, um, I don't know. I I got blessed with the, <laughs> with the family genetics and um, trying not to let them go to waste. I'll finish with this one. You're the only one in your family who was a splash hit at Oracle Park. We're yeah. coming up on 100. <laughs> um, there's 97 so far. You have 
It didn't quite count because you were a visitor, mm -hmm. but who do you predict? There's a lot of left-handed hitters on this team. Who's going to get number 100? I'm calling Jock. That's a pretty good I think bet. it's going to be Jock for sure. Fair. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. He has three of the last four, so it's yeah. a good bet. Well, yeah, it's a pretty good bet then. All right, Michael, thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.